Hey everybody and welcome back to yet another episode of the Fit Self Best Self Podcast. Very exciting episode for you guys today. Um, I am joined by the fantastic Adam Standing um, who has set up a brilliant business called Nutritional Bear. Um, Adam and I are working very closely together on building a collaboration uh, to help out my clients when it comes to their nutritional planning and their meal planning. Um, so very, very excited to have Adam with me today. We're going to talk all about nutrition and the service we can provide to you guys as my clients and anybody else who wants to come on board. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Adam's history and how he got to this point um, where we've got some similarities in our own physical you know, journeys and things. And basically just give you a bit of an understanding about what nutrition, Nutritional Bear is all about um, and how we can help you guys add some value. So welcome, Adam. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome, man. Um, before we get into it, let's just talk about, you know, as I said, our own kind of similarities in the journey. So you and I have both done the craziness of a photo shoot. Yeah, we have indeed. <laughs> um, so talk us through that with your bit. And how did you get to that point, just from a physical point of view, um, that obviously that's where we've connected through the photo shoot and the academy itself? Yeah, so it, it kind of started, I was looking to lose a bit of weight and just generally get healthier. Um, signed up to an online coaching program, the same one that, that you were on. And we kind of progressed through that when I needed more accountability. And they got me in great shape for a holiday. And then I was like, right, well, we need the next challenge now. What can we go on to do to bigger, better ourselves, improve my learning, and just mainly just really put myself as my comfort zone? Yep. So the day I got back from holiday, I had a chat with them and we booked a photo shoot and then we were slowly progressing on with it and we ended up actually pulling it forward a month just to really tighten things up on this because occasionally I like to fall off the wagon and eat <laughs> a few bags of, of chocolate or, yeah. or something in this. But um, yeah, it absolutely smashed it. And then yeah, you did. Yeah. like yourself, I'm. have you even announced? Or have you not announced? Well, here's a little exclusive. If you hasn't, we're both competing yes, next yeah, year. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, that's that's the next goal for me, definitely. And yeah, the listeners know that I'm now competing as well. Yeah, so we're we're possibly both be um, competing on the same card, but not necessarily the same categories. But probably that's... not. Thankfully, you are seriously younger than I am, so <laughs> that gives you the advantage. Well, maybe not, because you'll probably be up against more guys than I will be. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be challenging. But yeah, it's a good goal to go for, right? But yeah, and I, I think it works a little bit in your favour. Being a, an Aussie and Uber competitive, I'd, I'd hate to see a grown man cry when they lose to him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's fighting talk, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's good because we can, we can be there to encourage each other and... Yep. You've got the same goals and, and this, so it's just one more reason yeah. why it's a, such a brilliant tie-up on this. You've got the training aspect of things. I've got the nutrition aspect of things. and Exactly. You know what I mean? You, you can't make a dish with only one ingredient. No, although we try. <laughs> Chicken and broccoli forever. <laughs> Life standing. It's two magical ingredients. Oh, I know. Works for everyone. Listen. Um, so, yeah, cool, man. I, I agree. So, it's, and what was that journey like for you for your transformation yourself? What did, you know, what was it? If anybody else is thinking about doing it, what's your sort of top two tips? First of all, just do it. Yeah. If you're even thinking about it, it means you're halfway there to being committed to do it. Do it. It, it was fun, but it was horrible at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to say anything else to anyone else. It was, there were days Simple, where it was Simple, but fucking hard work. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was absolutely hell on some days. Um, I was grouchy. I was horrible <laughs> towards the end of it. Yeah. Everything and everybody was annoying me. 
and yeah, it was it was just hell. But on that day, when you get to sit there, you get to pump yourself full of sugar and sweets. Yeah. And you had a few people around you pushing you on, and you realised suddenly that almost anything in life is possible. Yeah, it was it, an epic, it was it was great. epic day. It was a great day. And I'm so glad I was there to watch it as well with you. Um, and well deserved, man, because you 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 smashed it. You came out looking fantastic, um, and that's obviously now led you onto this. So, so you're you've set up Nutritional Bear as a combination of your passion for fitness and obviously your background as a chef. Yeah. So basically, it's, it's blending two of my favourite things yep. in the world together, and it just made sense because in being on these coaching courses and bits like these and looking at other programs and stuff. The guys know what they're doing. You you can't deny this. And yes. certain things clearly work. Reducing carbs down, timing them around your workouts, not eating ridiculously high sugar and high fatty foods when you don't need them, increasing protein when you're working out stuff. It works. Yeah. But it's boring. Yeah. It's so, so boring. <laughs> Chicken and broccoli. Exactly. <laughs> and you get this bit of it. What's the hardest part of all this? It's not working out. Nope. It's not even getting to sleep. No. It's just the nutrition side. It's sticking to the same bit over and over again. And why? Because of mindset. Yeah. People can't be adhering to these plans if they're getting really, really bored by them. Yeah. So if you can have nice-taking food, I mean, like restaurant-quality recipes, within the macros that you've got, how much easier is life going to be? Exactly right. If you're going to be taught how to meal prep properly. Yeah. Because no one wants to eat chicken, chicken and broccoli, broccoli anyway. <laughs> but now imagine day dry day. chicken, yeah. three-day-old dry chicken, because you're working hard, you haven't got the time to be spending an hour, two hours in the kitchen yep. every night prepping your four, five, six meals a day. Yep. So you're going to have to meal prep. Do three, four meals a day at a time over your three or four days on top of that. And then because no one's taught you what to do or you don't know what to do, yeah. you're then microwaving a three-day-old piece of chicken. Okay, it's not going to kill you. It's yeah. not going to give you any harm. But that dry bit of 100, 150 grams of protein, you're not even going to want it. No. So then what do you do? You either start missing meals or you just go back to old ways and you go, I'll just grab that meal deal. Yeah, or you cheat just and, you grab it and you grab a snack or something. Yeah, yeah. and you're craving something yeah. that tastes nice. Yeah. And everyone thinks that nice tasting food is really high in calorie. Yeah. It's not. not. You just need to know what you're doing. Correct. And as soon as we start doing this, no one's got a reason anymore. No, exactly. And that's the plan, you know, obviously to provide that the variety, the the ease and the simplicity of all, just to help people stick to their plans. Um, but take go back a little bit in time, my friend, and kind of talk us through. So obviously you're a chef, been a chef for a while. What's your chefing journey been like and your your work background? Okay, so my my journey started just under 17 years ago. Um, I qualified through catering college, was working at a local pub on the side while I was doing it, and I quickly realised what you're taught in a classroom and real life are so far apart, it's unreal. Like everything in life, theory yeah. is very different to practical. Exactly, yeah. and this um, worked in the pub for about another three months after that, and then went and got my first job out in what I term as the, the real world. Yep. And that I uh, stayed in that place for a good few years and then was given a an opportunity to move to um, a very good place. Shortly realised that this 
place was not all it was cracked on. <laughs> not as good as he thought it was. And yeah. this, um, yeah, things were not being done correctly yeah. and I was used a little bit in this and I ended up being there for, I think it was about five or six weeks doing 17-hour days, Oof. six days a week. And yeah, I, I, I left there pretty soon. But what I learned was, okay, now this is the real, real world. Yeah. And that, and then progressed through. I've worked in multiple rosette restaurants, being part of the team that's gone in there and won the awards originally, or walking in to a place which has already got them and helped them attain them. And then, kind of the last year or so, I've tried to step back a little bit from from that side of stuff, and I've been going into some care homes and this, and really helping them change the way that the food they're delivering to the the elderly and yeah. it's on a much more nutritional based thing because you go into some of these places and they're just like oh they need as much calories as possible so we'll just dump cream into everything yeah we'll just dump butter into everything and it's just like okay yes well done you've increased their calories but you made it very unhealthy but you've just <laughs> yeah. put saturated fat in stuff yeah and that and it's just like why don't you just blitz more vegetables yeah. into all of your sauces Correct. yeah and this kind of stuff and the lack of knowledge that some people have in this industry is crazy. Mm. It, it just scares me. Exactly. This is why we've collaborated because it's, you know, you're right. I've gone through the training training. <laughs> that makes sense. The fitness training side of things. Yeah. You get a, you get a little bit of nutritional training. Obviously, mm -hmm. the, the basics around macros and calories and um, energy expenditure and all this kind of thing. But what you don't learn as a fitness coach is how to make that taste nice. Yeah. How to make that exciting and how to make that something that people are going to stick to, you learn the basics. So therefore, yeah, you fall back on chicken and broccoli or, or, or whatever. You know, so it's it is I'm very excited about the fact that we get to do this because it means that I can offer a service to people that's going to A, help them stick to their plans, but B, you know, get them to get their goals without being frustrated, without being bored. Yep. Um, so it's it's cool and very, very exciting. So in your in your history of a chef, what's your favorite food to cook? I hate this question. This I knew you were <laughs> going to ask. Coming, didn't it? Yeah. I knew this question was coming because I think just about every single person that I've ever bumped into that said, "Oh, what do you do as a job?" You go, oh, "I'm a chef." Oh, what's your favourite dish? <laughs> and this. Oh, I love cooking this. It's just like I genuinely don't have a favourite dish. All right. Well, well, to cook and rephrase like, the question then. What do you enjoy about chefing? <clears throat> but I was going to say it's like my kind of if I have to cook, so my go-to dish or thing is like. I cook a variation on a risotto. Yeah. Just because I I strongly believe that you can tell so Ooh, much. We should have a risotto off. From a risotto in this. <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. Can someone do basic seasoning? Yeah. Can you apply stock? Yeah. Can you sweat off vegetables? Yeah. Can you cook rice to the required level of it in this thing? Have you taken into account the fact that it's going to sit under a hot light for X moment before it gets to someone's table? Is it going to end up like a solid mass on this, or is it going to be the nice liquidy yeah. yes yeah, so that it should be oh I'm hungry already and that so it's just like that's probably I think if, if I ever have a trade test or you have to blow someone away so I think it's usually a risotto yeah. and this um, on the flip side of stuff the worst dish in the world you can ever cook as a chef and so many people hate this is steak yeah I know and it's, I've I'm a massive steak fan and the yeah. amount of chefs that get it wrong Frustrates me because having, you know, again, one of our similarities, our yeah. background is hospitality. I did 15 years in hospitality mm. as well as my 30 odd years in, in corporate, not that old. Um, but, you know, 
and the amount of times that some simple things can't be yeah. done well. A lot of chefs come through this industry trying to be fancy and they can't get the basics right. Yeah. Um, they concentrate much higher on souffles and, yeah. you know, all these sort of things that are really tricky to do, but they can't get the basics right. And the amount of steak particularly is one of my passions when it comes yeah. to food and frustrates me so many times when you ask for a steak to be done a certain way and it comes out differently. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think the difficultest thing on that side of it is just what the average person has in mind yep. of a medium rare steak. Or oh, some of this thing yeah. is not the same as what you're taught in the industry. Correct. And, and my biggest test of a chef when yeah. I'm asking for when I'm asking for a steak is I, I'll say to the the waiting staff as the chef prefers. Yeah. You know, and in my mind, any good chef who's worth his weight in in, in stock is cooking a steak. Just over, over, probably just over rare. So a bit of blood still in it, but yeah, it's not overly cut, yeah. cooked, and it's not depending yeah. on the cut, mm. you know. And the amount of times it comes out overcooked mm. or undercooked yeah. or it's blue, and I, yeah. I eat blue steak quite happily. I oh, mean, I eat it raw. Yeah, <laughs> as long as I know where it's come from. Tartar. Yeah. Oh, now we are talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's like that. And it, it is this thing: is people all it's through lack of education yep. and this, and it's of no fault of their own, but. They think, especially with steak, it's just like, how do you like your rump? Oh, I'll have my rump wrap. Okay, yeah. that's cool. But you go somewhere different and maybe the waitress recommends a, a ribeye or something to you and you go, okay, well, yeah, I'll have it wrap. Yep. Well, that's great if that's how you like it. Yeah. But there's well, no point in having it rare because you haven't even touched cooking out that marbling of the fat. Exactly right. So there's no taste and, to it. And, depends, and again, if you, you know, steak's cooked on the bone, different process. Exactly. You know, and, and again, you ask, for, yeah. you ask for a rare steak. And any again, any chef that you say as a, as a customer says, can I have my ribeye on the bone rare? Yeah. They're going to say no. Exactly. It, it's just not going to be possible. <laughs> and it's going to taste bloody horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, exactly. yeah, it's, 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 all, it's all fun and games in the, in the industry. And yeah. I think the worst part was where, I, I don't know who came up with this bullshit idea of the customer is always right, <laughs> but whoever they are, they, they need a jail sentence. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> because the customer yeah. is not, not right. Really right. I know. The customer might, the same, working yeah. in hospitality for so long, definitely not. The, the customer not might right. have their own preference. Correct. And tasting, yeah. but they are far, far from, from right. right. Unless they're a chef themselves or whatever. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and then it's even harder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, so what, what inspired you to get into cooking in the first place? Um, so basically, I I went down the usual route of kind of what so many people do. I, I barely did just enough in yeah. in school to kind of get my grades and this kind of stuff. Education. I wanted to learn, yeah. but I didn't want to learn what you wanted to teach me. I wanted to learn what I wanted to learn. Yeah. And so I'd ask lots and lots of questions, but in the view of a teacher, that's just irritating. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I scraped for on that. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but then again... <laughs> What kind of 15, 16 year old knows what they exactly want to do right. for life? You don't unless you have that. a. I've just turned 50, I don't know what I was Yeah, <laughs> unless you have an thing. unbelievable burning desire from the day you were born yep. that this is all you ever want to do. But let's yeah. face it, most people aren't going to be a footballer. So. Correct. You know what I mean? Most, most little boys don't. Yeah. Aren't going to get that dream job that they want. So um, I just went into business, picked up a generic business course kind of worked a year and a half through that and then I just woke up one day and I was just I don't want to do this I do not want to sit in front of a computer for the oh, rest no. of my life 
I don't want a nine till five. I can't do this. I find it hard to sit still for more than about 20 minutes. I'm literally sat here fidgeting. Oh, no, I was looking at the Yeah, about kind of like 10 times already on this chair in this space of a few minutes. Yeah. And that, and I was just like, right, I need to find something that I can move around in this. And when we were kids, as, as soon as we were capable of kind of like not cutting ourselves or burning down the house, we were encouraged to cook. Yeah. And it's, I'm really fortunate that both my mum and my dad are both reasonable cooks yeah. and this and mum was a nurse and she would work most weekends so alternate weekends me and my sister would be cooking the Sunday roast yeah. take it in terms yeah. and that was part of our childhood I was much the same isn't it? the opposite and she'll probably never be listening to this so I don't mind she won't mind me saying this but my mother is and she has said this herself she is the world's self-confessed world's yeah. worst cook so I learned to cook at a very early age for the opposite reason yeah because the food that my mother was turning out wasn't always fabulous. Mm. It was enough, and obviously we never went hungry. But yeah. you know, the quality wise, it was, wasn't great. It was mostly oven cooked meals or, or frozen dinners that have just been reheated. So I learned to cook at a very early age as well, um, and discovered a bit of a passion for food myself. So I always call myself a foodie, um, but not to the point of actually working in the industry from a cooking point of view. Yeah. So we we did that, and like, there's there's a running joke between me and my mum, sort of thing of like, she always tells me I should be more grateful for the fact that she set me off on this path yeah. and if it wasn't for her and this so I had the running journey I said well maybe if you could a little bit better sort of thing you I wouldn't have to I wouldn't have had to or exactly. this kind of stuff and yeah. now it's like if I point out she's doing something she goes oh I've been doing this for 20 years and I've gone yeah but to be fair I've probably peeled like a million more potatoes than you <laughs> have or, exactly. or this kind of stuff sort of thing and we'll see enough steaks to you know, yeah, last and, a lifetime yeah, yeah so we, we have a great relationship I have a great relationship with all of my family now and, yeah. and this which is it's great but um, yeah so it kind of stemmed from that and I was just like wait a minute I, I love eating yeah maybe if I trained to be a chef then I knew how to cook this this and this I'm never going to go hungry yeah exactly and I love food I mean I love Food. Yeah. So it's just like if I can cook everything I want to eat, yep. I'm, I'm literally going to be the most winning person in the world. Correct. Well, you're the, you're the leanest chef I've ever met. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah. I kind of went down that path. I saw out the last six months of my business course because I believe if you commit to something, you have to see it through. Yep. And this, you just don't quit in life. And that. So it, it it's kind of like a, if I agree to do something, I will do it. Yeah, I've made very few promises in my life to anyone or anything, but I've never broken one, and it's as simple as that in my books. Yeah, what well, is? And that's so it's yeah. I finished that off. I got a good qualification out of it because I knuckled down. I worked the hardest I ever have yeah. in those six months, and this. And I was like, right, I need something else, and I ended up picking up a part time job in Astra at the same time in this. Which again, that probably was genuinely the hardest job I've ever had yeah. in my life both manually and taxing sort of thing. Yeah. And that's why I was doing that in my business course and smashed it and then went straight into this catering course. And then I did that for a year, then worked in this pub on the side while I was doing this to actually Perfect. learn what real world was yeah. compared to being this. Like, on this kind of thing, we were using stuff like powdered milk. Oh. And the difference between powdered milk and real milk <sighs> in temperature quality and yeah. just consistency yeah. it, it's so far apart chocolate cheese I know exactly you, yeah. you can't teach people how to use this and then go into using that it, I, I, mean, I, I found the same thing so in the days when I was in hospitality this is kind of the late 90s and early millennia yeah. and, and the, the, the coming from Australia mm. where food is back then probably considerably fresher and more variety um, and then coming back coming into Europe where and the UK at that point in time I'll never forget walking to a supermarket for the first time when I came to London, probably in 1996, 
everything was wrapped in plastic. Everything looked like about three, probably three or four weeks old. There was no such thing as fresh food. Um, it was all frozen or packaged. Yeah. And I was I was gobsmacked, having come from a country where everything's fresh food. You've got you can pick and choose your own bits of fruit off the off the shelf. Now, thankfully, over the last twenty or so years, that's changed massively. So the the quality of food that you now get from Europe and the UK vastly improved to what it was twenty years ago. You know, people aren't just living on potato and meat. No. Uh, or meat and two veg, which is the bog standard. It's it's thankfully it's becoming a bit more variety. But so taking that taking that thought forward, you know, from a point of view of um, you know combining nutrition and fitness, or chefing and fitness, or cooking and fitness, what do you think the biggest challenge is to you know to to bring the, to mold those two together in a way that works for people? I think the hardest challenge at the first part is, is working within nutritional bear and, and the company and this kind of stuff. It was helping design these menus and stuff coming from, yeah. I, I suppose I could argue, I come from a fine dining background originally. I, I probably spent just over half of my career one way or another in, in fine dining. So I'm used to cooking nice, rich quality meals and this. And when you design these menus that I've been doing in recipes and, and everything like this, these, these last while, is I could create the most amazing dish for you. But then when you suddenly realize, oh, actually, I can't flood this dish with butter. I can't no. flood this dish with cream in this just little thing. You rebel the camera yeah. account. Yeah. And, and unless we're really lucky and someone wants to do a dirty bulk and then I am your man. If you want to put on weight quickly, <laughs> I can teach you that easy. The best one is those packets of like cakes and this that you find in supermarkets, two for three pounds, yeah. and a pint of milk. Smash that every single night, you will put on weight lovely. I went from about 80 ah. kilos to 91 in a matter You heard of it here months. first, folks. There you go. If you want to put on weight. That is our top tip. Cake and milk is the way Packet forward. Packet cake and milk. Yeah. Wow. Top tip. It's yeah. not whey protein and mass gainers. It's sugar and flour. <laughs> <laughs> it's sugar, flour, butter, and, and a, bit a of little flavoring. bit of yeah. yeah. And this, but no, um, on a more serious note, it it is. It's it's rewriting all of these recipes for them to be healthy and lean, yep. and that, but still packing a really nice punch of flavour. Yeah. So it's it's been educational for me as as well. I, I'm truly a strong believer that every day is a school day. Yep. There's no such thing as everyone knows everything. Nope. There's no such thing as perfection. We can strive for it, and we can get damn close with some things, but. Everything has that little one percent sure. Yeah, and this and if if anyone ever did hit perfection in something, where do you go from there? Exactly. Well, there's no point. I think. I think you're right. I think there's always got room for improvement. I think. And again, going back on my point a second ago about how food constantly improves and evolves. You know, again, back in 1996, I think the only you know the only chain restaurants the UK had from a takeaway point of view, other than the big ones like McDonald's, KFC, and Pizza Hut, and those guys was probably Cafe Rouge, and I think Pret. You know, just started being launched. There was no such thing as Starbucks or Costa Coffee and this sort of thing. But now you look at the variety of food that you can get on the high street. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, you're spoiled for choice. But again, that's the challenge, I guess, for us in the fitness industry. Is that, you know, people are so spoiled for choice. It's like, where do you know where to go? Yeah, unless you're doing it yourself. So and the the problem with it as well is, especially in this country, we've been molded into this factor of the over decades and decades lunch is a sandwich yeah and a packet of chips crisps yeah yeah it, it's something like that so all these meal deals okay they are getting a little bit better and every now and then you can find some fruit or something included one or you can get a smoothie but 
you might as well just pour some sugar and a bit of colouring into a thing and mash a banana and you've got the same the same thing. Yeah. A smoothie's not as healthy as, as everyone thinks. Well, that's, that leads me to good, my next question is, you know, there's a there's a prolification at the moment, particularly in supermarkets and stuff, around healthy eating options. Yeah. And so you get healthy bars, you get healthy meals and things, but in actuality, they're yeah. probably not. No. And I think this is where a lot of people, again, get challenged. And I know talking to my, some of my own clients, they're like, yeah, but I, just, I, you know, I couldn't eat what was on the plan, so I had a healthy option from the supermarket, thinking that they're eating the right thing, mm-hmm. when in actuality they weren't. No. What's your thought on that kind of stuff that's coming out? There's a stack of it, all these bars and 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 fruit bars and and you know Weight Watcher meals and Slim Fast meals and all this kind money. of thing. Yeah, money, money, money. Yeah. I had this. I had a, a similar conversation with a mate a few days back and this kind of stuff. And um, we go on to talk about Subway. Yep. Subway have almost got people thinking that they're the healthiest grab and go fast food place out there. Yeah. Because you get to make it in front of you. You think that stuff's fresh on the counter? Yeah. I promise you it's not. It, it might have been chopped that day, yeah. but it hasn't been sat in ideal conditions. No. Or it hasn't been sitting there for ages. Yeah, it's being topped up during the day. What's left on the night, they would probably be using. All of this is yeah. genuinely just my opinion speculation. on Speculation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pure, pure speculation. I don't yeah, want yeah. you to get you sued by something or anything. Before we, we yeah. so let's let's just throw a disclaimer out or something. But from my professional opinion of being around a lot of places, mm-hmm. what qualifies as fresh is not always as fresh. Yeah. Fresh can just mean it was never frozen. No. Fresh can just mean it hasn't been sat in a packet for six months or exactly. so. And is it not full of preservatives to keep it alive? Yeah. But yeah. your your fresh produce that's been in the supermarkets, which you think you're buying really, really healthy stuff, look where it's come from. Yeah, and how long and it takes to get there, and yeah, exactly. You're buying strawberries, which from Argentina. Yeah, yeah. usually go for a cycle when we get the short British summer. You get them from there. Then they'll move across to Spain. Then they'll come from Israel. And this, they're not flying these strawberries over first class. No, they're overnight. Going, exactly. <laughs> they're going on a boat. Well, they, yeah. no, they're chilled. Getting, yeah, they're getting picked. Yep. They're getting chilled. They're getting left in a warehouse. They're then getting packaged. They're then getting sent over on a boat, yep. which isn't necessarily going to take the most direct route anyway, depending yep. on what else it's got on there in the way of cargo. It's then going into a warehouse. It's then getting repackaged usually into whatever the supermarket one is. Yep. It's then going into their distribution unit. It's then going into the storeroom. It's then going into the chiller. It's then finally hitting your shelf. That's taking somewhere between three to four weeks. And I believe there was an article a couple of years ago where they said that an apple that wasn't grown in our country usually is between four to six weeks old. Yep. But like, hey, that's fresh. Yeah. If, if- and, and what is the alternative? So I guess, you know, and this is again where people are probably, you know, if unless you're really into this and study it and stuff, and, yeah. and there's two things in my mind that, that drives people a certain way when it comes to food is one is convenience. Yeah. So we're all time poor, you know, we're all rushing around, we're all mad, you know, crazy busy lives, particularly in the, you know, the clients that we talk to in these professionals that are, you know, stressed out, corporate stress and all this kind of stuff yeah. and, or traveling a lot. <laughs> they think they're doing something right by having the healthy food option from the, the frozen cabinet in the supermarket yeah. or grabbing something quick and go from the, um, from the lunch section of a, a local supermarket or convenience store. Yeah. But, you know, or you think, right, well, actually, I won't do that. I'll eat fresh food mm-hmm. that, as you just said, probably takes four to six weeks to get from 
the farm to the shelf. So what's the advice then to how do people stick to the healthiest option? If I'm walking to a supermarket and I think, right, I can either go to the home-branded healthy option frozen food that has a big sign on it saying less than 300 calories, Mm -hmm. or do I go to the the produce aisle and grab a, a bag of salad and some something else and a bit of a, a bit of fresh meat. What's the what's the balance? Where do you find the balance? Much in in life, it's kind of a little bit of everything. And this your fresh food, which we've said is either not so fresh, or if it's coming from this country and it's a local supplier, a so lot of supermarkets are trying to turn over to local suppliers and yep. this kind of stuff. So you will get a lot of actual genuine fresh fresh food in this country or if you haven't got a small little local farm shop that they're digging stuff up in the garden and and bringing it straight through and this there's nothing wrong with it but just don't be lured into thinking that those carrots were dug up the day before (laughs) and now they're in your supermarket chain and this kind of stuff but on the flip side of stuff and this there's nothing wrong with your kind of frozen veg because for argument's sake although it sounds ridiculous sometimes that veg is technically fresher yep because it's been picked instantly frozen exactly and then it's in the bag yeah and this okay if you're looking at stuff which is unfortunately missing and you're going right i'm going to buy a bag of peas and leave it in my freezer for three or four months or something i use the odd hand it's not quite so fresh but if you're buying it and you're getting through that bag in two or three days in this it's far fresher than yeah. that. I used to work I, many years ago in Australia. I worked for a company that did frozen food and frozen yeah. veg, and, wanted the, and I was gobsmacked. I, did, I didn't think of that. I always no. thought fresh food was fresher than frozen. Yeah, but you're right. Snap frozen food straight off the farm into a yeah. freezer, snap frozen. Yeah, it will last longer and therefore be you know slightly fresher. Yeah, than I the fresh stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good call. Quick, you're instant quick frozen. This yeah, week. yeah. And then it just comes down to how you're actually cooking it because yeah. you can have a genuine fresh carrot out of your garden. Yeah. If you're going to clean the mud off of it, and this, you're not even going to worry about peeling it because then you're going to say, oh, well, all the nutrition is actually in the skin of most vegetables. Yeah. So you've gone, okay, fine. You're giving it a quick wash and a clean and this kind of stuff. And this, but then you're going to boil it for 20 minutes. <laughs> Take all the nutrition out yeah. of it completely. You kill it completely sort of yeah. thing. This, Or you buy some frozen stuff and it tells you to whack it in the steam pocket um, bags that you can now get, which are great. Yep. A couple of minutes in the microwave, it comes out. It's still relatively crisp and tender. Yeah, but you haven't killed them. Exactly. You've got so much more goodness in that than you have in the fresh thing because you haven't cooked it properly. Yeah. And this, so everything kind of like you can have the best produce in the world, but if you don't know how to deal with it, you might as well continue eating those <laughs> bag of crisps. Yeah. Yeah, you might as well go eat your takeaway because. That takeaway somewhere along the lines has probably got something nutritious in it. Yeah. And that, it, it might not be the source around it, but the, at least the protein's got something there. Sure. And that, so yeah, it, it is kind of this bit of where you go, well, yeah, in an ideal world, we'd all be eating fresh. And we'd all be cooking it correctly and we'd all be living a perfectly great nutritional lifestyle. Yeah. And that... It's the convenience that we Yeah. It's funny, is it? Because I heard somewhere, I can't remember what, it was someone's podcast... Where someone turned around and said, you know, if I handed you a packet of crisps, you'd devour the whole thing. Mm. But if I handed you two raw potatoes, you'd struggle to eat them. And yeah. it's much the same thing. Yeah. Content-wise, a packet of crisps mm-hmm. is roughly two potatoes. 
yeah. or thereabouts, or even one, you know, and people wouldn't be able to yeah, eat, yeah. You wouldn't be able to stomach it. It's it's I think it's, I think we've been brainwashed like they think certain foods are easier to eat and easier to prepare than others. It's the chemicals and aggregates. Yeah, absolutely. On this, because again, it's like there was a brand of potato-based yumminess yes. out there, yeah. which may or may not have been adding certain borderline illegal yeah. things Bits. Yeah. yeah, to the flavouring enhancing on their crisps, yeah. which meant once you opened said container, you would not stop eating it. Correct. And this. Yeah. And they got pulled up on it and banned for it. Yeah. And they had to remove it, and the sales plummeted but they're still a very high profile brand and they still sell loads of them yep because they've now got that brand affiliation and people will still eat them but they do not taste the same no. and now you can well this is, stop it. Eating this is them. the thing now thankfully there is you know there is a move around less preservatives less flavorings yep. less artificialness a bit of a push towards organic but you know i think again the consumer and the customer needs to be very wary of this um because everything that's written on the packet isn't necessarily true no um, no. And you've got all of all this very fine print that just that oh, disclaims the. And and this is a lot. I think this is possibly what started me on this thinking of so much had to change in the oh. industry, when you suddenly realise these bits where it's just like, you can put light on anything. Yeah. There is no legal definition of light, Correct. in our country. No. This. All it has to be is. A little bit less of something correct than the, the your original yeah. exactly and then you can have like but immediately people walk up and go oh that's light that's brilliant yeah it's diet or it's light or yeah. it's diet or low see yeah, there's th- those three terms isn't it light diet or locale yeah is not necessarily technically correct yeah it's just because it's less than mm-hmm. the non-version yeah. of and it, it's even to pardon me the extent of them as soon as it's below a certain number of calories and this, you can then technically call it calorie free. Yeah, I think it's like under under five or under. Yeah, depending on. It's not. What, it doesn't have to be zero calories. Yeah, depending is. on where it's come from within yeah. the and what food product it is as well. Yeah. yeah. So someone thinks that they're going along going, "Wow, this is a zero calorie product." This literally means I can consume unlimited amounts of yeah. this, and it will have no effect. It's like. Well, but, no. But then you've also said that if something is zero calorie, it's probably zero nutrition as well. But something to be zero calorie <laughs> yeah. has to be the most unbelievably filtered water in the world. Correct. And bland as buggery. And have nothing else in it. Because what about, what about the myth of things like, like, you know, things like celery is negative calorie because it takes more oh. energy to eat rather than what's actually in it? There's, there's a lot of that kind of mumbo jumbo out there isn't it? that again confuses us, all but, of us. St- a Mars bar's negative calories if I stood doing star jumps while eating it. If I did <laughs> enough of them for a few hours, eventually I'd hit in there. But yeah, people that are, are saying it's like, oh, because of the amount of chewing you have to do and the, the lower amount of... Digestive like, amounts and all this kind of stuff. Okay, well, in that case, if you drink enough water, that's negative as well. Because you, especially if, if you drink ice cold water, your body has to warm that water up before... It can productively use it in the system, so therefore you're using thermogenesis, yeah. and you're burning calories to do it. So why don't we just, if we're going to lose water, why don't we just, uh, sorry, lose weight? Why don't we just all scrap everything, all drink about eight liters of water yeah. a day for ten or twelve days? Because we all know you can function off of water. It's not optimal, but we can do it. Yeah. We'll all lose a load of weight, and there we go. Well, that's just it. And, then, and you talk about optimal weight loss and stuff. And again, my point around the fact that there's, um, you know, minimal nutritional value of anything that's low calorie. 
And that worries me because, you know, people, again, people without the education, they're going to go into the supermarket or they're going to go to a takeaway and go and they look at the light, the diet, the low-cal option, but they're not getting the nutrients that, the nutrients that they need. You know, you spoke earlier about the fact that the struggle is, is balancing the, how many calories you need but with the right macros. Yeah. You know, and I, I quite often say to my clients, you know, when they, they say, oh, but I've hit my, I hit my calorie count, I said that's, that's irrelevant because 1,000 calories of chocolate Gives you a very different nutritional balance than a thousand calories of lettuce. Yeah, you've, hit your, you've hit your calorie target, but you're completely negating the balance of, of macronutrients and what you actually need around vitamins and minerals and protein, carbohydrates, fats. It's not just about calories. There is so much more to it. Yeah, I hundred percent get what you're saying there. But a thousand calories of chocolate, damn, tastes nice. Oh god, of course it does. And, <laughs> and, and, and what would lead towards that rather having a thousand calories of lettuce? But, yeah, yeah. But it's but it, but but when we're trying to guide a client to hit a certain calorie slash macro balance, there's a reason behind that. But, you talked about timing yeah, of meals before. It's, it's it's going back to these two kind of things. Of it's education. Yep, is the first thing, and it's because we're pushed by some degrees. A calorie is a calorie. As Not all calories are equal. As long as you're under your calories of calories in, calories out, in, yeah. you're going to lose weight. Yep. And this, well, yes, on a loose theory. Yeah, you'll lose weight, but you're not going to be healthy. Yeah. yeah, and that might work absolutely fine for some because we, we have to remember at the end of the day, we're, we're all very unique individuals. Yeah. And what works for you doesn't work for Correct. me and this kind of stuff. And like we've touched on before sort of thing and this, you can have a very restri- uh, strategic refeed of a pizza and some ice cream. Yeah, and I lose weight. Yeah, no, <laughs> the next day you're going to have actually lost weight off of it. So you'll yeah. be back in a right mental place and then you'll be fine for a couple of months or so sort of thing. But that's strategically part of your plan. Exactly. If I have a pizza and ice cream, I'll have put on somewhere between a kilo and a kilo and a half the next morning and then it won't work in the same way. Yeah. And it's because we're all all, all different, different on it in this. But yeah, it's it, it all all comes down really to to educating people and helping people make those right decisions when you can't because there are there's going to be times when you can't have that meal plan that you needed or you genuinely forget you you rush out to work and you leave yeah correct i I did it on prep yeah possibly a few more times than maybe i should admit and this there there was something i I saw i wanted we all do and 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 this is what again what good fitness coaches will will understand is that you might put someone on a on a a restrictive meal plan very rarely do 100 percent of clients stick to that plan 100 percent of the time so it's built in you know you know I, i i do the same thing with my clients they're on low calorie or they're on a deficit but i know yeah over the course of a seven day period there's going to be blowouts. There's going to be fall-offs. Yeah, of course there is. You know, so it's it's about the average across the seven days rather than on a daily basis. Yeah. That on the average they'll still be under, but there's a bit of variety. In yeah, there. I agree with that. And it, it's it's building up a relationship with someone. Yeah. And you need to get that balance of they need to respect you and they need to understand that you're educating them, but on the other side you you're not a headmaster. You're not someone that's dictating to them, and you need that level of accountability in a difference for them to be able to drop you that message and go, oh, I've just stuffed up. Yeah, <laughs> Brad, work was crazy last night. I had to exactly. work late sort of thing in this. Like, I got in the middle of my prep, I got so I got so guilty when I was eating the wrong things. I yeah. used to say, tell, say my coach, I've just eaten a 30 gram packet of almonds. Yeah. You know, it was so minimal and made no difference, but I got that, I felt that bad about it and that mm. guilty about it. And, and I, was it, so, I was so laser focused on getting it yeah. right. And it's bits like that, but if you have the education there and... You explain well enough, and just 
And they say, right, okay, well, I've got to work from, from the office, I think. I can nip out to the Tesco's Express next door. And this, I can grab something quickly and go, okay, right, we'll go into that Tesco's Express, have a little look or something. Okay, there might be that pre-bought salad. Yep. Okay, it's probably seven, eight days old. Yeah. Because you look on that thing and it's already got four more days on it. Yeah, if that, yeah. And it's, and it's already been pre-bought for a couple of days in this before it's even got there. So yep. this. But it's better than that sausage roll from Greg's, the other side. Correct. And this, go and buy the packet of pre-cooked meat that's on there yeah. as well. And this, yeah. okay, it, it might have a few other little preservatives and additives in it and this kind of stuff, but you can work out from it. You can look at that and go, oh, this is a 200 gram pack. So therefore there should be this number of calories in it, this much protein in it. And if it's there or thereabouts, you know it's not safe. bad. Exactly. And, it's, and this Add is exactly together, it. Yeah. And you know that you've already got it. It's the wise food choices. Yeah. And yes, it's about convenience, but you're 100% right. You know, grab, grab me a packet of pre-mixed salad and a cold cut of meat yeah. is so much better and a much better option than grabbing a sandwich or a pie or a sausage roll or exactly. whatever or a pasty yeah. or even a what you think is a locale, you know, quick frozen frozen meal. Yeah. Nutritionally, probably, fresh is best. Yeah, exactly. But it's even that bit of like... There are so many ways around it, and and this is what me and you are going to be working on really strongly going forward in this. It's that plain, boring bit. Sooner or later, you are going to crave something. But what happens if I could tell you, I could give you the equivalent of an Indian, a a tikka, a tandoori meal, and it's it's not going to be identical to your favourite takeaway, but it's coming in at around about that 3, 3.30 calories. Yeah. Now, if you tell one of your clients... I can schedule you in the equivalent of this takeaway yeah. and this on a Friday night. Yeah. I can give you a Mexican on a Wednesday night. Yeah. We can give you a Chinese on here. Suddenly, they're only going two or three days that they've got to eat. Slightly plain of food. broccoli. <laughs> but even yeah. that, we're not. I tell you, okay, stop boiling your broccoli. Yeah. Roast it. Yeah. A little bit of salt and pepper on it, sort of things. We can work a couple of mils of olive oil into your plan. Absolutely. You know what I mean? This is good quality food and oils. I'm not saying to you go and get some palm oil and rub it all over your food <laughs> exactly. or something. Don't go and grab marge, which is effectively just semi-liquid plastic anyway, <laughs> yeah. and use this. It's Use the right quality ingredients on the right product, and suddenly you're not... Boiling broccoli, you're not yeah. poaching a piece of chicken, which yeah. 90% of people are going to so overdo, you're going to bounce it off the floor and let's take it down Wimbledon in the summer and sell it as <laughs> so tennis right. balls Correct. type thing in this. But also, again, if you overcook something, you lose all the nutrient value of it. You know, you over, yeah. you over, over boil vegetables, you over poach meats and things, mm-hmm. all the nutrients have gone. Yeah. And you're just literally eating nothing. But the, you suddenly start saying to people, okay, well, instead of doing it this way, Go grab five, six, ten chicken breasts. Put a bit of salt, pepper, a little bit of fresh garlic in there, this kind of stuff. Put them in a roasting tray. Put them in the oven for five, ten minutes to get a little bit of colour on them. Then dash a tiny bit of water into there. Tin foil them, steam them out, cut them the rest of the way. Suddenly, it's still soft. It's still nice. Yeah, it's tender. Yeah, Yeah. and it's got flavour. Exactly. And suddenly, it's so much easier. Yeah. And this, use those juices and just add the tiniest little bit. We're talking a few grams of gravy yeah. mixed to it or something. Or anything, like a bit, of, bit of mustard or something, or yeah. a bit of, you know, just something to give it some flavour. Tiny, tiny little bit of tomato puree, and suddenly you've got a gravy. Before yeah. long, you, you didn't think you could sit there and eat a roast dinner. No, exactly. But you have, 
Because you've done it with education. Yeah. And that. It, nearly everything is possible to replicate in a good way. Yep. And this. And it's it's just pulling back those those little bits. Like, it's like, I hate cauliflower. I really, really mm. hate cauliflower. But if you buy these cauliflower rices, yep. it, it, it's not rice. Let, let's let's not pretend for a second it's not rice. But the minimal amount of cauliflower is... You're kind of looking at three to five carbs for a hundred grams. But if you say to someone, okay, what we can do is we can give you 30 or 40 grams of rice. Now that that's yep. nothing no. in reality to the average person. But if you mix that in with 200 grams of cauliflower rice and you add a bit of flavor into this, yeah. and suddenly you go somewhere, right, okay, you can have a massive portion of what you think is carb source. You can also have one of our bespoke 250, 300 calorie chilies with it. Yep. You're not missing out anymore. No, exactly. And you're, being, and you're filling yourself up because that's, that's going to be a lot of food in there. Because bulk wise. Yes, low calorie, but high fiber food is the way forward. And this, they, and it, it's getting mindset into yeah. people of, I can eat this and it's okay. Or we can change stuff so that you do. And as soon as you start doing it, it's like, I, I will always at some point go on a binge. Yeah. I will always mass out on cakes and bad stuff for me. <laughs> but I want it. Yeah. But if I'm good 90% of the time, I'm going to be okay exactly. in life. Yeah. And, this, and I did my shoe and I was fortunate enough to disappear straight off on holiday the, the very next day when we eventually caught the flight with the girlfriend. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we drank a lot of coffee and ate a lot of cakes and this, and we went to, um, a really nice little food market in the yep. evening and this, and I, I text my, my coach and, and said to him, what, what have you done to me? Three days in and all I want is some blueberries, some spinach and zero fat yogurt. I'll never forget that when I, when I, the day I did my shoot, again, as you said earlier, yeah. you know, you, you, you spend three or four hours doing your shoot and all you're doing is eating sugar. Yeah. It's and there's amazing. a reason for that, obviously, yeah. that people who go through this process will, will understand. I got home that afternoon and all I wanted to eat, all I wanted to eat was fish and broccoli. Yeah. It's, it was the strangest feeling. Yeah. I even, had, again, had, again had a conversation with my coach when he was trying to increase my calories and said, what's your favorite vegetable? Mm. And I went blank because I've been living on spinach and broccoli yeah. for four months. Mm. I couldn't think of another vegetable. Yeah. I struggled, literally struggled. I couldn't name another vegetable because I was just so brainwashed into it. Um, cool. Um, so very briefly, this could be actually, no, this might be a whole other podcast we'll do another time, but just briefly, what's your thoughts on all these varying diets, keto, gluten-free, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I think they all have their place in life and this, um, but the best diet is the one you're going to stick to, which is the diet we're creating. Yeah. And this is, you can more or less like we touched on it is you can eat whatever you want as long as you're in a calorie deficit if your aim is to lose weight you will yeah will you do it healthy no will you probably lose muscle yes yeah will your internal organs be thanking you for it hell no and that but you can lose weight off of anything yeah but it's just what will keep you to it if you don't particularly like carbs and you're not a fan of potato, pasta, rice, bread, and this thing. Happy days. <laughs> by all means, go on a keto diet. Yeah. Because it sounds like it's going to work for you to start with. As long as you can have some form of carbohydrates around your workout, perhaps, or where you need them, 
then that's the diet you're probably going to stick to. Exactly. It's funny, isn't it? Because you know, I've had clients in the past where voluntarily leading up to their 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 program, they've probably chosen not to eat a lot of carbohydrates. Yeah. But then when you tell them that they can't eat a lot of carbohydrates, all they of a sudden they hunt, they're craving it. Oh, it, it, it's that mind flip. Of going, that is the mindset. You tell yeah. someone they can't have something, all that's, that's all they, they want. want. It's all they want. And this, and we we did it. We had a very very similar um, situation the day before my shoot. And this, I'd spoken to my coach and, and said to him, right, okay, what what are we doing for my refeed beforehand, sort of thing. And this, I said when I I spoke to you and you were telling me about all he wanted was popcorn leading yeah, up yeah. to his, and I was like, oh, popcorn. I was like, this event. So for two months, all I wanted was popcorn. So <laughs> yeah, I dropped yeah. him and I said, smash me with popcorn, mate. I can eat that forever in this. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, okay. Well, we'll do this. We'll do this and this and this. I got to the cinema the day before my shoot. <laughs> I had thinking about popcorn. I had two three-liter containers of popcorn because Jesus. that's what my allocation worked out to by the time I got it and yeah. and pumped it all up and everything like this. Cooked it fresh at home and said, I had two mouthfuls of this. I didn't want it. No. I did not want it. You know, I, I wanted cheese. Yeah. Because I couldn't have cheese. I couldn't have high fat, so I wanted <laughs> exactly. high fat. So I forced this down and it was horrible. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've I have i have done keto in the past and I loved every second yeah. of it because it was everything I love about food. It had so much flavour to it. Yeah. There was the fat content, there was so much meat. I, I changed mine a little bit and I went crazy. Like I was less than 10 grams of carb yeah. on mine compared to most that can sit around the 40, 50 mark. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really jacked up the, the protein quite high on it. And I did, I, I lost a tremendous amount of weight, but I was sat at around 80-ish kilos and I'd restricted myself to 1,400 calories because of lack of knowledge. And, and this is going back and there's a, a there's so, a danger, you do that, you lose the weight quickly, but mm-hmm. then you rebound it even faster. And that's yeah. what a lot of people don't understand as mm-hmm. well. You know, we talk about getting people down quickly and we talk about 12-week yeah. programs or transformation programs yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And you're right, you can lose a lot of weight very quickly by not eating a lot. Yeah. But if you don't do that properly or you don't do it gradually, when you yeah. do rebound, you rebound very, very quickly. So therefore, reverse dieting, which is now what I'm doing, yeah. you know, you again have to be careful because if you don't, you fuck it up and you blow, and you just blow it. Yeah. You just put the weight back on again almost as quickly as you lost it, if not quicker. Uh, yeah, yeah, pro- probably even quicker. And which is even more depressing and, yeah. and stuffs up your mind. Yeah, yeah it, some of that, as we we both know, is going to be water weight and and some other bits we've seen the sodium and all this good yeah. stuff and yeah. And exactly. this, but yeah, I, I I believe there are there are pros and cons to yeah. to every every kind of. I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if one day a week you went meat free. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to encourage anyone to give up meat for life. I I just. I think, Don't again, I think it. it's a choice thing. I think I, yeah. I, I couldn't. People have asked me quite often, "Will I ever go vegan or, or, or vegetarian?" I just and personally, I couldn't do it. No, it, it may or not, it may be better for me in yeah. the long run, but it's not my choice. No, and I'll never give up meat because I enjoy it too much. Yeah, I've I've got a friend who's gone vegetarian. He's, he's been just over a year or so. Yeah, and this and he got told he had to for health reasons. Yeah, but he used to eat a lot of processed shit sort of thing, and this. Yeah. And it's not like he was eating organic. Grass-fed, grass-fed meat, meat exactly. Yeah, that's why he had to go to grain-fed chicken and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, he he abused it on junk food sort of thing. This, yeah, but he's never felt healthier or fitter. But that's him. Exactly. Doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. How do you just cut that processed food out? Yeah. and done it gradually. Sort of thing. It'd probably be getting the same Correct. results. But exactly. depending on what everyone's aiming for in this kind of stuff, maybe your body will react to it 
brilliantly. It's it's maybe I love not. it. It's the it's the standard response I get from my coaches when you ask a question about something, and you know, I'm talking to my coach about coaching other people, and say, "What about this?" And his bog standard response is, "It depends." Yeah. Because as you said earlier, everyone is different. Everyone's goals are different. Everyone's yep. body is different. The way they process food is different. Everybody is different. And yeah. I think that's, again, a crucial point about what we're venturing forward with is that these programs are not cookie-cutter programs. No, they they give exactly the same from it, yeah. exactly the same meal plan to every single person who comes through the door. Yeah. You know, every single client is going to get a very different program because yeah. every single client is different. Every single go- every single client has different goals. Every yeah. single di- every single client has different eating histories or relationships with food. Yeah. You know, so every single program that we put forward yeah. as a result of this collaboration will be completely mm. bespoke. But it, it's even going onto the fact of like clients will get a very pleasant miniature interrogation. Yeah, totally. On the thing of what do you like? You yeah. list all these things that you like. And simply what you won't eat. Yeah, yeah. and what you won't eat. And somewhere in the line, you'll get the healthiest options, the best prepared ones from the ones you like. Yep. Because there's no point in giving someone something that they don't like. They're not gonna they're not gonna eat it. No, exactly. They'll probably tell you they're eating it. Yeah. And they're not getting results. Yep. And this side of stuff so it's yeah. A final kind of controversial point, I guess, is we often talk about this within this industry as well is consistency. Now here we are sitting here advising people that variety is a spice of life for want of a better expression and saying mm-hmm. that's what's going to keep people yep. coherent or adherent to their plans yet on the scientific side of things actually it's consistency that gets the results what's the balance between variety and consistency consistency doesn't take into account the tiny amount of calories that you'll be consuming from a bit of spice and a bit of herbs and this kind of stuff. Uh, we're not talking dramatic scales of I'm going to give you 31 different breakfasts, yeah. 31 different lunches, 31 different evening meals to have, each one with different calorie contents, with different macros in this, because you're not going to achieve anything. Correct. That's basically what you've almost been doing it's what you've been doing all your life exactly exactly and if you're in your perfect shape and everything was fine you never would have reached out to either of us correct so what you're going to get is mass variation yeah of the same basic product yeah Yeah. so if we work out this person needs a 400 calorie breakdown and you need x amount of protein x amount of carbs x amount of fat you'll get that meal but you might get that meal four ways yeah and this and to the average person the difference in content in vitamins, minerals, nutrition from, let's say, a piece of chicken and a piece of lean pork yeah. isn't going to affect their life enough for us to worry about. Not over short space of time. You know, these transformation programs are three months long. But, yeah. and this is the big one, if giving them that piece of chicken, that piece of pork, then a piece of fish, then a piece of beef, then a piece of chicken, then a piece of chicken, and another piece of this is going to keep them adhering to that plan. Yep. This will change their life. Yeah. And that, so that's where there's this massive difference between what we're offering and what other places are offering on this. We want you to stick to this plan. Exactly. So this plan will be suited the best to your schedule and your needs, your taste, yeah. and everything like this. Because if you stick to it, you'll get life changing results. results. Correct. Internally and externally. Yeah. And then the knock on effect is mentally. Yeah. And this, so it, it's all about that. Variety is great. 
everyone needs variety. There's very few people out there which can eat the same breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day yeah. with nothing changing in between. Yeah. If you can, great. And my advice is get on stage because yeah. you are going <laughs> to smash Olympia. You're, you're not going to win exactly. an amateur. You're going to no, smash exactly. Olympia. Exactly. Well, I mean, and this is how I and operate. And, it's, and, it, and I, when I've got told to do something, I am so laser focused that I will stick to it without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And I'm lucky that I can do that. And mentally, I'm, I'm ready for it. And I know what to do now. So as I say a lot to my clients as well, I think I said it to you today earlier, food to me now is fuel. Mm. You know, I don't look at food as something that's a a necessary part of enjoying my life. Yeah. You know, and unless I'm going out for a nice meal with some friends or doing something social, but generally for me, food is fuel. Yeah. Um, and I now know that I've got to eat my macros and I eat my calories and that kind of stuff, and that's what it is. But that's I'm a rarity, and I went through a very extreme transformation, as you know. Yeah. And I was laser focused, and it's fine. But yeah. for the clients we're talking to and and, and moving forward. You're 100% right. We want everyone to stick to their plans as much as possible. We want them to enjoy the process. There are going to be challenges. Of course We are. will make it challenging yeah. because that's what's going to have to, depending on the extreme version of what you want to do, what your goals are. It's different. If you want to lose over a 12-week period, if you want to lose 10 kilograms to get into a, into a wedding dress, easy peasy. If you want to lose 35 kilograms to get on stage in 12 weeks, it's a very different process. Yeah. And I think setting the expectations is clear mm. as well, is that, you know, A, you need to know what your goal is and why. Yes. And then be prepared in that short space of time. If yeah. you're sticking, to, if you just want to do something in a 12-week period or four-month period or whatever it is, it's all going to vary accordingly. But then there are bits where it's like, that's that's exactly spot on. And it, it really does depend on what your goals are. Because if you're in this for the long term and you go, look, I just want to change my lifestyle. I want to become healthier, I want to drop weight, and I want to keep it off. And let's say you go, you know what, I, I had a good summer holiday this time, but I was embarrassed about my body yeah. when I was on holiday. And you say, this time next year, I want to be really, really happy, but I want to be able to then go away, probably to that all-inclusive, probably drink a lot, probably eat a lot, yeah. thing. but you want to come back and you don't want to have put on five, 10, 15 kilos and, feel and guilty stay about it. on. Exactly, and feel guilty about exactly. it. Exactly, you want to go in good shape and you want to come back, but you want to be able to make those educated choices yeah. while you're out there as well. And this is, and I think it's a really vital point and, and I think everyone needs to understand that the programs we put together, whilst people might sign up for a 12, month, a 12 week period or a three month period, the intent of these programs is that it doesn't stop at the end of that 12 weeks. Yeah. It gives people the ability to be knowledgeable, as you say, with education. They hit their goal and their, phys for their physical goal they want to get, but then be able to maintain it and not rebound yeah. and not put all the weight back on again and exactly. not you know, fall back into the same traps that they were doing before. Mm -hmm. you know, and this is, I think, what people need to understand is that if you go through that 12 weeks or whatever it is, you've got to continue. You've got to, you've got yeah. to stick with that mm -hmm. almost forever to be able to maintain it. If you just resort back to your two bottles of wine a night lifestyle, it's going to come back again. You know, it's not going to change and stay changed. And I think people are going to, yeah. to understand that. But very cool. Um, if you had two tips for someone from a nutritional point of view yeah. and, and beyond the staying with variety, yeah. what would those two tips be to stick to their program? Hire me. 
No, don't hire me, actually. Because <laughs> me. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that actually that leads us on to a really good point, and I'll come back to this to you. And just, yeah, don't don't reach out and hire me because I I don't want to work with one to one people <laughs> because I don't want someone jumping on losing a bit of weight. Like I can get you to lose a lot of weight very very quickly if that's what you wanted to. Yeah, but I want someone that is going to change everything for the better in this. So yeah. that's why I reached out to Brad and Bitself in this because. I want to work with someone long-term that's going to make a difference and together we're going to change lives yes. and a lot of them over a long period of time. Yep. And this. It's not a, it's not a three-month fix. You know? no. it's, not no, a, it's, it's not a quick fix and then it's no. going to be like that forever. Yeah, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't work that way. No. But yeah, so two tips is um, don't believe everything you see on packaging. Good. And definitely don't believe everything that you see the really hot skinny girl advertise on instagram yeah because she's being paid yep she's being paid or given something for free to look hot and sell you something and this and i'll put it she doesn't care if it works or if it doesn't and her interest is not in whether or not you become healthy and that it, it just isn't her interest is making money and getting a free holiday somewhere or something like that because social media is shallow massively shallow and they these probably are some of the two best tips you're, you're yeah, ever I totally agree. gonna awesome. hear in, and that is it's cool. that damn simple now agreed well mate thank you very very much this is amazing and i think this obviously won't be our first one for those listening you know adam and i will do a regular spot on nutrition yeah. um and i throughout the course of this series of, of podcasts with fit self and the best self podcast um cracking one to open up with mate so thank you very much very excited about this collaboration I'm very excited about the fact that we are going to offer something unique to the industry at this point we'll probably yeah. we're going to be groundbreaking i, I believe I, I think we genuinely are. In, in looking around at this current time, there is no one doing this. Yeah. Um, so exciting times, mate. Thank you so much. Excellent. It's been a pleasure. Um, we'll see you in the gym. You will indeed. All right, mate. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Um, so, folks, as, as always, I want to end up with kind of a, a healthy tip uh, that you can take with you to change a bit of a habit. Uh, and I think nutrition-wise, I think, we can use one of Adam's Adam's you know tips there. I think my my healthy habit to get into the pro, into the the thought process of on a, on a daily basis is read the packet. Don't just grab something that says locale or light or diet and think that it's okay. But read the packet. Consider what that means against your macros and your program that you're on. Through whether it's through me or through another coach, you know, don't listen to everything or don't believe everything that you see on the on the on the front of the pack. Um, and on that note guys thank you so much for listening again as always please provide some feedback and some comments um, all of that stuff's very useful to make sure that we then give you value with these episodes moving forward um, and I hope you got something out of it so on that note thanks so much again for listening and we'll speak to you next time cheers cheers